you would, uh, there is a word from the Lord. Uh, if you would turn with me to the book of Exodus, uh, and I want to draw your attention to uh, chapter 1, uh, the 8th through the 12th verse. Uh, while you're turning, while you're getting your iPads, your iPhones, your devices, I do uh, thank God for uh, my pastors, Bishop-elect Neil O'Brien Gross, co-pastor Delethean Gross, um, who I'm sure are watching right now for releasing me to uh, fulfill this assignment. Uh, my wife is here with me, uh, Lady Taryn Brown. I thank God for her. Uh, we have literally been traveling all month, and she's been with me every step of the way. Uh, and so I thank God for her. Uh, Exodus chapter 1, beginning at verse 8, uh, and then moving to verse 12. Uh, the word of the Lord declares, uh, Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Look, the people of the children of Israel are more mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply and it happen that in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us and so go up out of the land. Verse 11 says, therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Python and Ramses. Verse 12 says, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were in dread of the children of Israel. I want to lift up and draw your attention to this specific context of Exodus 1.12, where it says, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. Uh, if you would, just for the next few moments, talk to uh, a neighbor through your mask and help me announce my topic. Say, neighbor, there is a contradiction to your affliction. You may be seated in the presence of God. There is a contradiction to your affliction. Uh, this morning at 8 a.m., I was very honest and transparent. Uh, one of the things that I have had to wrestle with, Pastor Jackson, and battle with uh, in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic and everything that has happened, all of the loss that we have experienced is the sovereignty of God. When we speak of his sovereignty, what I'm referring to is God being all supreme. He is all powerful. He is, he has all dominion. God is the divine orchestrator, if you will, uh, the divine mastermind of everything that happens in the earth, not only in the earth, but in your life. God being sovereign means that he is above reproach. Uh, he is above critique. God cannot be questioned because however the divine orchestrator decides to accomplish his will in the earth and in your life is in fact the very best way. Now, this does not suggest to us that we will never have 
unanswered questions, this does not suggest to us that we will never have crises or situations in where there is no resolution or resolve. But I need to pause here and tell you that your crisis, your predicament, or your situation should never conflict with your praise. Mm. David says, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. Uh, uh -huh. You understand that's not an ask, that's a command. Let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. It's a wrestle because on one end of the spectrum, when seeking revelation and battling with the sovereignty of God, what we come into the understanding of is how out of control we really are. How in the grand scheme of things, we do not have as much control as we think we have. COVID-19 showed us how out of control we are. It came and shut down everything and there was nothing we could do about it. But on the other end of the spectrum, as believers, as children of God, we are called to rest in the fact that although we are out of control, we serve a God who is in control of it all. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we serve a God who, who has us in the palm of his hand. And if you will, the very fact that as the praise team song, it is a fixed fight. And that we already win. He says everything works out for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. He, he says everything. Listen, the good, the bad, the ugly, those things that hurt you, those things that broke you, that made you cry. He, God has such a way where he takes all those things and he mixes them in a bowl and somehow he makes it work out for our good I dare somebody to clap your hands and say it's working for me ah it, it's working for me and, and so I need you to understand that no matter where you find yourself no matter what you're dealing with a seasonal dilemma does not equate to a dilemma of your destiny I'm going to say it again so it gets in your spirit a seasonal dilemma does not equate to a dilemma of your destiny elder brown what are you saying simply put whatever you're going through the Lord told me to tell you it's only temporary uh, it's not final this is not your deathbed this is not your resting place but it's only temporary and so what we must understand when seeking revelation concerning the sovereignty of God what we will come into is the intentionality of God God is very intentional God is very strategic everything that God does has both purpose and intent there are no accidents or coincidence in God there there are no oops in God everything that God does is very strategic and I need you to understand this morning that God 
God in his sovereignty will use whatever he wants, whomever he wants, whenever he wants to bring his will to pass. God, in fact, will use your affliction. He'll use your pain. He'll use your sickness. He'll use your suffering to bring his word to pass in your life. God, in fact, will use my pain to produce my promise. It is the, it is the apostle Paul who understands the working of this phenomenon. That's why he says in Romans chapter 5, listen to what Paul says. He, he says we glory in affliction. Uh, he says we glory in it. We, we rejoice in it. We boast in our affliction, in our tribulation, in our hardships. Uh, Paul is not talking about minor inconveniences here. He's talking about real trouble. He's talking about real affliction. But Paul says uh, that we glory in it. He says because knowing that tribulation worketh or produces patience. He goes on to say that patience worketh or produces experience. He doesn't stop there. He goes a little further and says experience worketh or produces hope. How can I rejoice and bless God when I know the pain that I'm feeling? How can I rejoice and believe it's going to get better when my heart is broken? Paul says we can rejoice because it is in fact uh, your affliction that's producing something in you uh, it is in fact your affliction that's cultivating something in you that's how as David declared we can stand in the midst of a pandemic not knowing what's going to happen next and still declare that I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. And so God will in fact use those things that you feel hurt you to bring about his word concerning you. And it is here we find ourselves in the book of Exodus, which is a continuation of the book of Genesis. What, what Exodus does is it continues the story. It records the Israelite bondage, slavery, and oppression, but it does not stop there. It goes on to record their deliverance and their liberation from the Egyptian. It records their birth as a nation, if you will, from the womb of Egypt. Uh, if we were to walk up to the text in Exodus and we did a survey of Genesis, there are a few things that you would find. The first thing that you would find is, is that God makes a promise to Abraham, then to Isaac and Jacob. Uh, he says, listen here, I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to make your name great. He says, if you can look at the stars in the sky and number them, so shall your 
descendants be. If you can number the sand on the seashore, so shall your descendants be. He, he says, I'm going to bless them that bless you. I'm going to curse them that curse you. He, he says, I'm going to give you a land of your own. God first makes the promise to Abraham. Then he goes on to Isaac and Jacob. Uh, what the next thing that you will find is Jacob has many sons, uh, uh, but he has a favored son named Joseph. Uh -huh. uh, Joseph then, in the events of his life, he sold into slavery by his brothers. Uh, then Joseph ends up in Potiphar's house. It is in Potiphar's house that Potiphar's wife lies on him and Joseph is thrown in jail. It is in jail where it is discovered that Joseph has the unique ability and gifting to interpret dreams. Uh, it is there that he ends up in front of Pharaoh because of his gift to interpret dreams uh, and as a result of the exchange, Joseph is made the prime minister of Egypt answering to no one but Pharaoh himself. If we look at the life of Joseph, God uses betrayal. He, he uses false accusation. He uses Joseph's affliction to in fact bring him to Egypt. Not only does God use those things to bring him to Egypt, but he uses them to get him in a position in Egypt. To the naked eye, what would seem as if a life of tragedy and misfortune in reality was all divine positioning. And can I pause here and tell those who are here with me and who are watching on the live stream, I know you have quantified the events of your life as tragic and misfortunate. I know you've been through some hurtful things. I know you've been sick in your body, but the Lord sent me here to tell you that it was all divine positioning. Oh God, God had to divinely push you to get you into place to fulfill his word for your life. I know it hurts you. I know it was painful. I know it was hard, but God says I had to move you to get you into place so I could fulfill my word in your life. I'm going to stop right here and I'm going to give you about 10 good seconds to clap your hands, open up your mouth and give God praise for his divine push. I know it hurt, but he had to push you. I know it broke your heart, but he had to push you. I thank God for his divine push. You are still alive because there's more. Would you consider that you survived what others have died from? Simply because there is more for you. You see, the benefit that we have of looking at scripture is we can look from a bird's eye view. We can look cinematically. We can see how God gets from point A to B to C. Uh, but 
with our lives we are not able to look from a bird's eye view we cannot always see the benefit of what we're in while we're in it but what we have to do is we experience and then we reflect I'm going to say it again we experience and then we reflect it was in reflection that the psalm writer said it was good that I was afflicted because it was in my affliction that I learned my, your decrees our reflection is what your testimony is do y'all remember the song when I look back over my life and I think things over I can truly say that I've been blessed I got a testimony I dare somebody to throw your head back and shout I got a testimony I got a testimony I didn't understand it while I was in it but when I God brought me out of it he showed me a new revelation of who he was Uncle Mac it wasn't until I lost my job that he showed me who he was he showed me he was Jehovah Jireh the God who provides do I have anybody in here who can and testify that it's been hard uh, over the past year uh, but I got a testimony God showed me who he was yes Lord oh God I feel my second wind now and so here it is the Bible says that a famine comes along and Joseph who is now the prime minister of Egypt he he sends word to his father and his brothers and says come down with me to Egypt where I can provide for you it's in Genesis chapter 46 where the Bible says that God appears to Jacob and says Jacob listen he says I want you to leave this place and go down to Egypt where Joseph is he says because Egypt is the place that I'm going to multiply you he says Egypt is the place that I'm going to increase you in number he says Egypt is the place that I'm going to make your name great he doesn't leave it there he says listen he says I'm going to go with you and then when it's time I'm going to bring you up again and so here it is we begin to understand that Joseph is divinely pushed he's divinely positioned in Egypt because Egypt is the place that God will begin to fulfill his promise God gets Joseph to Egypt so that Jacob will come to Egypt because Egypt is are you seeing the pattern and because Egypt is the place uh, that God will multiply them uh, and increase them in number uh, and so where we find ourselves uh, in Exodus chapter 1 the Bible says uh, that Jacob and all his sons are in Egypt uh, there is about 70 of them uh, uh, while Joseph is alive the Bible says uh, that they begin to increase in number uh, they become extremely fruitful uh, they begin to multiply uh, 
as long as Joseph is alive they live under his favor but the Bible says there comes a time where Joseph dies it says a new king arises who knew not Joseph in other words he did not know who Joseph was and he did not care what Joseph meant to Egypt and so Pharaoh he begins to look at how numerous the children of Israel are he begins to look at how fruitful they are he looks at how fast they are multiplying so what he does is he calls his his privy council together he says listen we got to do something about this they're conceiving too fast they're multiplying too fast they will overtake us and so he says listen let us deal wisely let us deal shrewdly with them he says because if we go to war they will join with our enemies and they will overtake us and so what Pharaoh does uh, is he devises a plan. Uh, he devises a strategic plan uh, to bring them under subjection. Uh, he devises a strategic plan uh, to keep them from multiplying, uh, to keep them from advancing. Uh, Pharaoh puts systems in place uh, uh, that will stop them uh, from multiplying and increasing in number. Uh, see you got to understand that the enemy uh, he's very wise uh, he's very strategic uh, and his responsibility uh, is to do whatever he can do uh, to stop the plan of God uh, for your life uh, uh, would you consider uh, that the Israelites have done nothing uh, to deserve this treatment uh, they have done nothing wrong uh, they did not rebel against Pharaoh they were minding their business but yet they are a threat to Pharaoh because it is the word over their life that is a threat to the enemy the Bible says they put taskmasters over them they put slave masters over them to afflict and oppress them consider this the Israelites uh, are not even a nation yet uh, in the time of the text uh, all they are is 12 uh, really big tribes uh, they have not even walked into uh, the fullness of who they are in God uh, and yet the enemy uh, still works to cut them off I got to stop here and tell you uh, do you not understand uh, that you are a threat to the enemy that you are a threat to the kingdom of darkness simply because of the word on your life the enemy can't stand the word that God spoke about you I need you to understand that the reason God kept you is because of the word would you look at a neighbor talk through your mask and say neighbor I got a word over my life I got a word over my life and everything that God speaks 
shall come to pass. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. But if he said it, then he's going to do it. I don't care where you are. I don't care what your situation looks like. He said, never shall my word return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I set it out to do. I come to tell somebody that you shall be everything that God said you shall be. Tap yourself on the chest and say, I shall be. Tap yourself on the chest and shout, I shall be. And so you are a problem. Uh, do you not understand some of the warfare, uh, some of the hell uh, that you deal with is simply uh, because of whom God said you shall be I speak over everybody who's watching me who's here in person that you shall be the manifestation of whom God declared you to be since before the foundation of the world your destiny was already written and sealed in the heavens and so shall it be in your life and so here it is the bible says that they put taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens but we got to look at this word affliction because there's more than meets the eye they did more than put them in chains they did more than slave labor but if we study the hebrew tradition they took the husbands away from their wives uh, so that they could not conceive uh, they took the wives away from their children uh, so that they could not nurse them and they would die uh, they did everything they could uh, to keep them from producing uh, uh, the word affliction here it means they tried to crush their spirit uh, uh, they tried to humiliate them uh, they tried to snatch the life out of them uh, they tried to crush their will to live because if they could crush their will to live they would not want to produce in this atmosphere and the Lord told me to tell you it's the enemy that's trying to crush your will to live so that you will not be fruitful so that you will not produce and do what he's called you to do do you remember what God told Jacob he tells Jacob that it's in Egypt uh, that I'm going to make you a great nation. Uh, I'm going to multiply you. Uh, uh, but now uh, it seems as though Egypt uh, has become a bed of affliction. Uh, oh God. Uh, God told me to come here. Uh, he told us he would make us a great nation but now this has come become my place of affliction have you ever found yourself in a place where it seemed as if the favor of God turned oh yes Lord things were going so well and then all of a sudden it seemed as if God's favor God's hand was off your life 
and we're left here to struggle and to understand what in the world is going on not only what is going on but where in the world is God you start to question am I by myself in here maybe I'm the only one you begin to question if you heard the voice of God clearly God I believe I heard you correctly you told me to come here I moved in obedience I'm in position now how could this thing turn bad you see I could understand if I was out of place I could understand if I was disobedient because then all I would need to do is throw up my hands and repent but God you told me to come here but now my place of promise is simply a bed of affliction the Lord told me to tell you it's in your place of affliction that he's going to bring his word to pass concerning you he told me to tell you it's where you are right now in your situation in your circumstance in your predicament that God has put a contradiction to your affliction would you do me a favor clap your hands and say there's a contradiction to my affliction uh, uh, yes Lord uh, it is in Egypt where uh, God said he would multiply them uh, uh, but their situation uh, their circumstance uh, it, is, it is not conducive for them to be fruitful uh, it is not conducive for them to multiply uh, what do you do uh, when you look around you uh, and what you see what you're in does not mimic what he spoke oh God what do you do how do you respond when you look at your situation you look at your circumstance and it does not line up with what God told you I'm going to give you a simple answer you got to hold on to the word oh God you got to hold on no matter what your eyes see no matter what your ears hear you got to hold on to the word look at the neighbor and say neighbor hold on to the word uh, yes lord uh, the Bible says the more uh, that they afflicted them uh, the more that they multiplied and grew uh, it says but the more uh, that they afflicted them oh God uh, the more that they multiplied uh, and grew uh, but the more that they afflicted them the more that they multiplied and grew one translation puts it this way as they afflicted so it multiplieth so it break forth and so what we see here in Exodus 1 verse 12 is that there is a direct correlation there is a cause and effect huh, between their affliction huh, and their multiplication huh. there is a cause 
cause and effect between their affliction and their growth. I'm simply trying to tell you that God has divinely positioned you. He has divinely pushed you and it's your affliction that's going to bring his word to pass in your life. It's your affliction that's making you better. The Bible says, but the more they afflicted them, they grew. The more that they oppressed them, the more they tried to control them, the harder that they made it for them because of the contradiction, it didn't cut them off. But God caused an opposite response. He caused an opposite effect. What should have killed them caused them to break forth. This word multiply in the Hebrew, it means to explode. It means to expand. The word grow in the Hebrew, it means to break forth. The text says, but the more that they afflicted them. Here comes the contradiction. It says, but oh yeah y'all been to English class y'all know what but is but is a conjunction it's a connector word it brings two ideas together that contradict each other and so what we have in verse 11 is the actions that they took to cut them off how what we see in verse 11 is the plan of the enemy it says they put slave masters over them to afflict them with their burdens and then in verse 12 it gives us the response to the actions it lets us know the outcome of the plan it says but the more the more that they afflicted them the more that they multiplied and so from the first word in the text what it lets us know is that the plan of the enemy come on here man put those job eyes out and let's have some church that the plan of the enemy that it backfired would you do me a favor and look at a neighbor and say neighbor I'm so glad that what the enemy planned that it did not work say I'm so glad that the plan of the enemy that it backfired that what the devil meant for evil God God he turned it around for my good would you do me a favor weave at a neighbor across the aisle and say neighbor do you know that the enemy's plan for your life that it backfired do you know that what the devil what he meant for evil God God I feel God here turned it around for your good clap your hands open up your mouth and shout glory clap your hands 
open up your mouth and shout glory because God has put a contradiction to your affliction what should have cut them off cause them to multiply what should have cut them off cause them it caused them to grow what should have killed them did not kill them but it caused them to explode and I come to tell somebody that you shall not die but you gonna live to declare the works you shall not die but you gonna live to declare the works what the enemy thought was going to kill you I feel God here do me a favor turn the organ up in the monitors and let's have some church what the enemy thought was going to kill you would not kill you but it caused you to multiply you gonna live you gonna live you gonna live look at a neighbor and prophesy and say neighbor you gonna live I say you gonna live you shall not die this is not your deathbed this is not your final place but I came all the way from Maryland to tell somebody that you gonna live you gonna live you gonna live you gonna live did you hear me you gonna live clap your hands open up your mouth and shout live clap your hands open up your mouth and shout live 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 the more I lost because of the contradiction the more I gained the more I was crushed because of the contradiction the more the oil flowed the harder the fire got because of the contradiction I came out like pure gold clap your hands open up your mouth and shout glory yes Lord shout glory shout glory it was not fair but it was necessary I come to tell you that it hurts you it was not fair but the Lord told me to tell you that it was necessary they broke your heart it was necessary they walked away it was necessary lost your job it was necessary sickness in your body it was necessary it was necessary it was not fair it hurts you it broke you but it was necessary it was good that you were afflicted it was good that you were afflicted I thank God oh, God I thank God for my affliction clap your hands open up your mouth and shout glory yeah Lord 
Yes, sir. I got to go, y'all. My time is up now. Thank you, Pastor Jackson, for allowing me to stand today and declare the word of God. Good day, y'all. May the Lord God bless you and keep you. Good day, y'all. May heaven smile upon you. But before I go, is it all right if I close the text? Before I go, is it all right if I close the text? The Bible says that the Egyptians were vexed, that they were grieved, that they were in dread of the children of Israel because everything that they tried, it did not work. The Bible says that they were perplexed because of the children of Israel. They tried to cut them off, but they kept multiplying. And the Lord told me to tell you that you are troubled for your trouble. The Lord told me to tell you you're a problem for your problem. Your problem can't understand. It's doing everything that it can. But you still got your hands raised. Your problem can't understand. It's doing everything to break your spirit. But you still got your hands raised. Your problem can't understand. Your sickness can't understand. Sick in your body. But you still got your hands raised. You are a problem for your problem. You are troubled for your trouble. We don't die. We multiply. We don't die. We multiply. Clap your hands. Look at a neighbor and say, neighbor, you're a trouble for your trouble. You're a problem for your problem. Look at another neighbor. Wave at them across the aisle and say, neighbor, 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 you are troubled for your trouble. You're a problem for your problem. Clap your hands. Open up your mouth because there is a contradiction to your affliction. Clap your hands. Open up your mouth and shout glory. I say clap your hands. I say clap your hands and open up your mouth and shout glory. Hey, shout glory, shout glory. feel God here. Clap your hands. Open up your mouth and shout glory.
But here is what I love about the text. Because he tells Jacob, he says, I'm going to go down with you. I'm not going to leave you there. But then when it's time, I'm going to bring you up again. Huh. He says, when it's time, I'm going to bring you up again. Hey, hey. So, so, he says to tell you, he says to tell you, he says, after I'm done causing you to multiply, asking after I'm done producing the oil in you, after I'm done causing you to break forth, after I'm done huh, causing you to grow, he says, I ain't going to leave you there. He says, I'm going to reach down and I'm going to pick you up with an outstretched hand. Huh. So here, if I can, fellas, you got a track on there? Hit, hit the space bar. Here's, here's what I want to do. Hi, you have a whole shot. Because, because, hey, Pastor Jackson, if it's all right, because we have the nerve, if things ain't going right, to come in church and sit down on golf. Stay right there. Yes, sir. We have the nerve, the unmitigated goal, where our praise is predicated on our situation. Things ain't going right at home. Things ain't going right at school. Things ain't going right on your job. You got a bad report from the doctor. You come in here and you sit in the pews and you have the nerve to say, I ain't praising God till he fix it. David says, stay right there. Yes, sir. Stay right there. I just want that strong hit on the one. That's all. That's all. Huh? I feel God here. David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Here is where we make the mistake. Hit me on the one. Here is where we make the mistake. If you study the text, when David writes the scripture, he's hiding and running for his life. Things are not well with David. David is not walking through a bed of roses. He's not sitting in the valley, in the field, writing scriptures. He's running for his life. But yet he finds time in his pain and in his hurt and in his fear to say, I will bless the Lord at all times. So, 
here's what we're gonna do. Because, because this ain't this ain't nothing spooky. Ain't nothing spooky about this. This is simply a decision. It's a choice. Yes, I'm hurt. Yes, I'm confused. Yes, my heart is broken. I got sickness in my body. Bills are due. But I'm making a choice, a decision that I will bless the Lord. So he says, give them an opportunity to praise. He says, and as you praise, while it may not be your time to come out of it yet, he says, as you praise, he says, tell them, I'm going to give them strength to endure. Listen, you may not dance, but you got to clap your hands. You may not clap your hands, but you may want to jump up and down. But do me a favor, yell at a neighbor, say, neighbor, in this moment, just do something. Say, neighbor, in this moment, just do something. One, two, three. One, two, three. I can't feel you. That ain't no praise. I can't feel you. You ought to be on the floor in your house, on the floor in your kitchen, in your living room, giving God pride. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord. Clap your head. strength in the room. I see strength in the room. As you clap your hands, as you praise, I see strength in the room. God bless you. God bless you. those hands you've got about three minutes to give God your best praise I dare you to praise him like there's a contradiction to your affliction come on Jesus! 
somebody and say I'm coming out of this and I'm coming out better come on y'all didn't say it like you mean it just wave your hands at somebody and say I'm coming out of this and I'm coming out better 30 more seconds of it somebody shout better somebody shout better Somebody make your way to the altar. Come on, make your way to the altar. Separate, keep your mask on. But when you come, just say better, better. Woo, better. Everything you've gone through, there's a purpose for everything you've gone through. There's a contradiction for your affliction. The enemy does not want you to know this but you're going to be better in 2022 than you were in 2021. And the truth of the matter is you're better now than what you were last year. Take 10 seconds and give God your best. Come on, musicians. Things are going to get better. Things are going to get better. How many of you know it? Anybody know that there's a contradiction to your affliction? Uh, Elder Darrell Brown Jr. reminded us that the more they afflicted them, the more they grew. The more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more they grew. Here is what folk don't know about your destiny, is that 2020 is only going to cause you to get better. 2021 is only going to cause you to get better. Come on chosen generation tell us maybe there's someone right now and you just you have not understood why you had to go through what you went through the preacher gave you the answer (laughs) the man of God gave you the answer the contradiction is what should have taken you out in fact would take you up would make you better somebody just wave your hands in the air come on in tell them uh, things are better 
One more time. Everybody lift those voices and tell them. Uh, now don't say it if you don't mean it, okay? If you believe it, come on. Right now, right now. I just believe things Listen, as you sing, maybe you don't know why. I was on the phone with my son coming to church. COVID has racked his household. Three-year-old son, COVID. Two-year-old daughter, COVID. Wife. COVID. I said to him, son, here's what the enemy does not want you to know. That when this is over, Brother Sam Johnson, you're going to be better. The enemy has just allowed you to perfect your testimony. Because I don't know what some of you are going through. Some of you listen at two o'clock today. We are presiding over the homegoing service of someone who lost their life to COVID. But I've got news for every demon of destruction. If you think that will stop our praise, here's what the enemy does not know about praisers. Is that the more we are afflicted, the more we praise God. We save our best praise for our worst days. Anybody know how to praise God right now, no matter what is going on in your life? Come on, tell them things are going to get better. Somebody come on, say young people to know in the balcony that things are going to get better. You haven't seen what God has in store for you. Uh, things are going to uh, close those eyes if you will right now as they softly sing lift those hands. There's a contradiction to your affliction. The contradiction is this. Listen to this as those eyes are closed. Those of you that are joining us by way of live stream, those of you that are perhaps listening to a radio station, the contradiction is what should have taken you out. <laughs> What takes ordinary people out, <laughs> God uses it to just make you better. And someone, this is prophetic, someone is going to look back over these last two years and you're going to say, it was good that I was afflicted. Because God has taught me some things that I would not have learned. I've come closer, I've become closer 
to the Lord. If you don't know the Lord as your Savior, you have not made that decision. We want to give you an opportunity right now to make that decision. Because listen, coming to church is good. But at the end of the day, late in the midnight hour, you are not going to have a preacher or an organist or a worship leader to pull you through some midnight tragedies. You will have to know how to call on the Lord for yourself. Young people, grandmama is not here anymore. You can't rely on somebody to help you pull you through. You need to know the Lord for yourself. And if you don't know him, and if you want to make that commitment this day, our elders and ministers are standing at the back of the church waiting to talk to you. If you just need someone to talk to, pray with you personally about your situation. See them at the rear of the church. Those of you that are viewing virtually, if you would just call that number, call that number that's on the screen. We will be glad to pray with you and to pray for you. I am declaring today that things are going to get better. That there is a contradiction to your affliction. Eternal Father, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you this day. Thank you, Lord, for this awesome service, awesome message, this anointed man of God. Thank you for all of these who are here today. Thank you for those that have viewed virtually all over the world. <laughs> They've heard the word declared hmm, that the more the people of God were afflicted, the more they grew. Some of us are growing now. <laughs> 2020, 2021. <laughs> is a fertile ground for our growth and we say thank you we pray for these young people in the balcony we pray for these students at benedict college thank you for their advisors their coaches who saw fit to have them in church on a sunday morning lord touch and anoint them in a very special way <laughs> We thank you, Lord. Let them know that victory is more than just wins and losses on a field. But give them the victory in life, Lord. It is already done. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Ooh, come on, in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. Come on, all the worshipers now. Clap those hands. If you want to join the church, if you want prayer, come on. Uh, someone is in the back to pray with you yeah. right now. Uh, as you stand on your feet and we prepare for the benediction, things. Uh, uh, come on, take it up. Come on. Uh, one more time. Clap those hands for the man of God, Elder Darrell Brown. Come on, things. Uh,